WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Tuesday, January 9th. It is indeed Kale and Company, right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app and, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, Don Stenzlin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Phil Omquist, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. Absolutely loaded show today. We are packed yet again. We get on the air Monday. We say some things. Changes happen. People yeah. reverse. They go. Yeah. Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's undo what we were going to do originally. Are we taking a victory lap for that? I think we the should. whole station should. Absolutely. We crushed it. Dawn. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Big storm coming in. Uh-oh. I got an email from my uh, apartment complex saying, "If you have anything on your deck, you might want to take it off." Yeah. Forty to sixty mile an hour winds. Woo. We can't have anybody injured or any property damage. Move your chairs inside your apartment, dude. What time is it supposed to start? Ten. Two-ish? No, ten. The, the rain begins about mid-morning, about okay. ten o'clock this morning. Big gusty winds, 40 to 60 miles an hour. Fun. Could disrupt my nap. Gregory, how oh, are you? Oh, God, just stop. Look, how are you, buddy? What? Look, if you're watching right now on YouTube, I, I have the official Black Kale & Company Free Speech Lives Here t-shirt on. That's nice. A, a good look. Still looking for the black hoodie myself. Enough. <laughs> enough. Enough. <laughs> How you doing other than that, pal? I'm good. Everything good? You. I'm good, yeah. All right. Good. All good. We have a lot of good things to get to today. Billy Penn, Fannie Willis, Donald Trump, Howard Stern, Joe Biden, and Michelle Obama is terrified. She can't sleep. She is you know, petrified over the notion of Donald Trump. I got to say this, that if ever I thought, I still never, I still don't think it's going to happen. But, Plant but, seed. this planting of the seed <laughs> makes me look over there. Like, eh, okay. Yeah, give it a glimpse. Maybe. Yep. Maybe, maybe, maybe. That bald guy with the beard was onto something months yeah. ago. Probably not. No. But. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Everybody's terrified about something. Some kids can't sleep because of climate change. What are you going to do? Yeah. A lot of good things to get to today, but let's get to the news. Round number one, the great Don Stensland at 6.03 on this Tuesday. And good morning on this Tuesday morning, January 9th, 34 degrees. And we'll do a storm breakdown and let you know what's going on today. But many storm watches, warnings, flood warnings, uh, the nasty weather begins. And I think we're still going to be talking about it. This evening, uh, tomorrow morning as well. We are sponsored this morning by First Harvest Credit Union. So much we're talking about in the news this morning. I'll get to that forecast in just a moment. But a pickup drive, driver leading police on this chase, high speed chase through multiple neighborhoods in Philadelphia before ending in Delco last night. 
saw the chopper searches, um, aerial footage of the pursuit, showing that driver speeding through town after town, escaping several close calls with police. The driver was seen dangerously just blowing through red lights and weaving through a lot of intersections. So he eventually bailed out on Burbro Avenue just off Westchester Pike in Upper Darby, got out of the vehicle, took off running. So officers say they closed in on him, took the man into custody. We still don't know what was going on here. Was this a stolen vehicle? Was this what? Why did they go on this high speed chase? Why did they want to pull over this individual in the first place? We know that he was taken into custody. We still don't have all the details on this one. So a little mystery going on there. We also have a measles alert. Oh, Another no. one. Yes, measles. Oh, man. Apparently, we have a lot of unvaccinated residents in the city of Philadelphia, and the number of people known to be infected, in other words, they've been tested with measles, the number is eight. According to the Philadelphia Health Department, they issued this warning yesterday afternoon. So they're tracking this is very unusual, and uh, we, they haven't seen this in decades, where the, we, we have all of these measles cases. The first known case was identified with a patient who was admitted into Children's Hospital, and that was in December last month. And that, and they say the person, this was a child, mm-hmm. because these are these are all children. This child was taken to daycare, and so the problem is they believe many more children. Oh, jeez, yes, it, spread, spreads, spreads like wildfire at a daycare. Yes, ninety oh, percent highly infectious. You know, ninety percent. If you've been around somebody with measles and you're not vaccinated. You're getting it. How how in this day and age are you not vaccinated for measles unless you come into this country and you're unvaccinated based on other countries' lack of vaccination standards, correct? Well, that would be <clears throat> usually you can't get, I mean, I think it's a great point you make. Could it, is it just a coincidence that we have an unprecedented number of folks coming into this country who nobody's checking their vaccination card? I mean, in this country, when your child is born, you're absolutely there's no there's no way around being not vaccinated for um would you say the measles well or is that, it like a religious exemption or something like that some people do but that one in particular is the uh babies are about a year old okay so that one it's not a newborn okay so that's the problem here if okay. there was a ver if there was a baby in that daycare who was you know they would be at high risk mm-hmm. and that can be serious for that child. So in theory, it could be an American who just at the one-year mark of their child turning one just didn't go to get that vaccination then. Could be. Okay. Could be, but were they exposed to adults? The reason we've caught it is because all the grown-ups have been vaccinated. Right. You know what I mean? So in other words, presumably there were a lot there are a lot of adults who are not vaccinated. They gave it to a young child. Right. So that's the concern here. So eight hospitals all of the hospitalizations are, or most of them are young kids. Okay. But they're putting out this, this alert. Please, please, you know, if, if you have an unvax, if you had an exemption, like you said, religious or otherwise, you want to watch this one. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, 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 in other words, the reason, part of the reason we got rid, this could be deadly for a little kid. And when you do get vaccinated for the measles, you're done. You're, you're never going to get the measles, I believe. I think it's like 100% effective. Yeah, it's highly effective. And that's why we pretty much eradicated it. Right. Until now. Yeah, it's like the opposite of the COVID shot. Remember when Fauci said the virus dies with you once you're vaccinated? It provides a wall. Nick, I don't have the evidence for it. I thought it was uh, curious that when they were putting this word out yesterday, they continually said, 
you don't need to show any ID or citizenship to get a free vac- to get a free vaccine. Oh, <clears throat> and so that led me to why I'm thinking maybe this has something to do with the border crisis. Gotcha. Could very so well be. That's my that's my thinking process. Yep. I know we'll talk a lot about Independence National Historical Park withdrawing the review of that draft proposal we talked about yesterday to rehab Welcome Park in Philadelphia's Old City neighborhood, which, of course, included removing the William Penn statue. So we talked about it yesterday all day here on WPHT, and um, it looks like to me it was Cutler complaining about it. He went on the Dom show as well. We talked about it all morning. Then Governor Josh Shapiro put in a phone call to President Biden. Yes, I saw uh, Shapiro's tweet. I'm not sure if you saw that. Yes. Uh, He said, my team has been in contact with the Biden administration throughout the day to correct this decision. I'm pleased. Welcome Park will remain the rightful home of this William Penn statue right here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and founded yeah and i think you know it it really was and i am and the media is giving governor josh shapiro who looks very good in this uh giving him credit front and center but i will say brian cutler went on a media blitz and i know he can i think he actually came in person to the dom show i believe but he was speaking out by mid-afternoon he talked to all the news outlets and so on and so um, the House Representative uh, leader, obviously, Brian Cutler, he just said that this was essentially the epitome of woke, taking our history away, that it was just unacceptable. And so I think that he got, in essence, you know, we started 6 o'clock in the morning. I think all of us here, like you said, take a little victory lap because, in essence, um, it got the attention of the leaders that it needed to get the attention of, quite Sh- frankly. Should we really give Shapiro credit, though? Because it seems like the only reason that this decision was stopped is because all of us in the public got wind of this and we became rightfully ticked off about it and, you know, basically made them basically force their hand to reverse course, so to speak. So should, should Shapiro be getting any credit for this? Because if, if nobody says anything, it, it just goes down, right? I, I will say this. I think that a lot of governors would have doubled down and would have Agreed. said, nope. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. And so he is, look. And he, it takes somebody like him to get yep. it done, right? So we can, on these airwaves, starting as Dawn said at 6 a.m. in the morning, by the way, if you're not listening from 6 to 7, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., what are you doing? We um, started 6 a.m. And, and by us bringing attention to it and by us, you know, letting our listeners know what's happening yeah you know they put pressure on on shapiro so so we started the ball rolling and he finished it for us which is great there you right? go i agree okay bipartisan I mean, efforts yeah look I, at that i want to <laughs> give credit where credit's due yeah so i think it's a good thing and we won't be erased we won't be sylvania i think oh the, i see what you did there sylvania i <laughs> pennsylvania yeah, i think the tipping point was when i said where are homeless people going to urinate yeah that was no <laughs> doubt about it the light bulb went off and they were like yeah that stalker guy yep he's yeah. he's correct we cannot yeah. have bathroom inequity yeah. in what's it called it's not love park what is it welcome. called? welcome welcome park yes. welcome. yeah in an effort to be more inclusive <laughs> i don't even know where it is but i'm i'm like yeah they, they they should not take that statue down i was there one time and dawn's right it's very low energy yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way tomorrow trump expected to be in dc for arguments over his claim of 
presidential, or actually that's today. I have my yeah, timeline yeah, here. Sorry. Yeah, he's expected to hearing the arguments. for arguments over his claim of presidential immunity in his uh, federal 2020 election. That's the Jack Smith case. But he's going to be in person. So he was in Iowa. Obviously, he's stumping. We're less than a week now to the caucus, but going back and forth. And then this Friday, by the way, I just want to point this out to you. Trump is planning to be in New York for the start of closing arguments in the civil fraud trial over his family business practices. That's with Ju- uh, Judge Angoron. Yes. <clears throat> so, <laughs> <Angamora>. I know. <laughs> I have to be careful to say it properly in the newscast. All right. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm going to give you our sponsor first. And this is First Harvest Credit Union. Build stronger financial roots in 2024 with First Harvest Credit Union. Enjoy flexible access to funds with growth savings account, earning as high as 3.5% annual percentage yield. Visit firstharvestcu.com for all the details. Membership restrictions do apply, insured by NCUA. Real quick here, this storm looks pretty nasty. In all, two to three inches of rain. The, the problem here, it's a one-two punch. In other words, the rain starts starts in about 10 o'clock this morning and then goes, goes all the way until tomorrow morning. And so the earth will be highly saturated. Then you combine with that extremely high winds, 55, 60 mile an hour winds moving through, especially at coastal areas. So the coastal flood watch is also in place as this powerful storm moves toward our area. The heaviest period of rain will be from tonight, from this afternoon into the night, overnight with a high of 52 and it's this crazy pattern. We could see 60 degrees overnight. And so it's kind of a roller coaster. Tomorrow, lingering showers in the morning. Flooding threat continues with those gusty winds. Tomorrow morning, the early high of 52 degrees, but temperatures fall to the upper 40s in the afternoon. Thursday, we get a break. Sunny with a high of 50. Friday, increasing clouds. More rain by Friday night, 49 degrees. Then Saturday, the rain in the morning, but Saturday afternoon, the sun comes out 56 degrees. So you see this roller coaster moving through. So as Nick Kale started out today, make sure you take down the patio umbrellas if yes, you haven't already. I know. It's going to be fun coming into work tomorrow morning with three, yeah. uh, three, three inches of rain. Some some flooded roads, no doubt. Yep. That's Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don. Thank you very much. 6.15 Tuesday morning. Let's get to another big take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. All right, the big take this morning. Biden goes back to basics. The more things change, the more they stay the same. If you had any doubts as to whether or not Joe Biden would run the same playbook back in 2024, well, you've received your answer. Last Friday, as we discussed yesterday in the big take in Bluebell, Joe Biden was animated and full of vigor as he claimed that Donald Trump was a threat to democracy and a dictator. As Biden spoke in Montgomery County on the eve of the three-year anniversary of January 6th. And then just yesterday, Joe was in Charleston, South Carolina, at Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, doing what he does best, lying and pandering. 
Now, why would he be at this church on a random Monday? Well, that's because this is where nine congregants were killed in a white supremacist attack in 2015 in just an awful tragedy. And keep in mind, South Carolina catapulted Joe to the top of the 2020 Democratic primary, so it's no surprise that Joe went back to the well one more time. Friday, democracy and dictator. Monday, white supremacy and racism. All of this as Joe Biden has lost a whopping 24% of the black vote to Donald Trump. Biden carried 87% of the black vote in 2020, and less than four years later, he has only 63% support in the latest polls. But never forget, Joe was raised in the black church. In fact, he started a civil rights movement. Listen and watch this. I was talking downstairs. I, uh, I've spent more time in... Uh the uh, Bethel AME Church in Wilmington, Delaware, than I have, uh, than most people I know, black or white, have spent in that church. Because that's where I started. Civil, no, I'm serious. I started a civil rights movement. I used to go to 7:30 mass, then I go to 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock service with the reverend who was then running the church. Is now the bishop. She's a bishop, and I'm told your bishop had been there before in South Africa. And that's where he is right now point is that I've been blessed to worship here before as well. And if you believe that, I'd like to tell you about how Donald Trump had a long career in the NFL and Bill Clinton's lifelong honoring of his wedding vows are a thing. Joe is a master of selling himself to the crowd that he's trying to convince. Some days he was raised in the black church. Other days, Joe was raised in the Jewish synagogues. Sometimes he was brought up in the Puerto Rican community. Joe's the ultimate chameleon. But it's clear as day as to what this administration is trying to do. They are telling to tell all of us that America is filled with hatred, racism, white supremacy, and evil, toxic masculinity. And they sure picked a hell of a spokesperson to deliver this falsehood, didn't they? Falsehood, you say. Yep, that's right. And we have the details. Not only is America not nearly as racist as Joe Biden claims, But neither are its institutions, and we have some facts for you to prove it and debunk baseless Joe yet again. Did you know that the criminal justice system is not biased? And did you know that the military is actually not operated by right-wing extremists? Yes, that's correct. Let's start with the criminal justice system. You know, the system that allows no cash bail these days and violent felons to be out on the streets when they shouldn't be. New research has found, contrary to what left-wing activists want people to think, there's no evidence of systemic racism in the criminal justice system. Stetson University researchers Christopher Ferguson and Sven Smith conducted a quantitative meta-analysis on the evidence based on the justice system and how it treats different races. And after adjusting for social class, they found there's no bias at all in U.S. courts. Their analysis covered 51 studies and revealed that neither class nor race biases for criminal adjudications for either violent or property crimes could be reliably detected. They also looked at drug crimes, finding that there were, quote, very small effects, but amounted to just a few percentage points, which could be as a result of weaknesses of past studies. That, according to the National Review. Higher quality studies, by contrast, were, quote, less likely to produce results supportive of disparities. Unbiased studies consistently showed no evidence of bias, while those with citation bias towards the progressive interpretation of criminal justice, unsurprisingly, were more common, found amongst racism, and consistently produced 
higher effect sizes. The researchers' conclusions highlights that discussions of systemic racism are often misleading for such a nuanced issue. Now that we have cleared up the disinformation of the Biden information and Biden administration about the criminal justice system, let's do the same for the military. Do you recall about two and a half, three years ago, the mainstream media saying that the military was full of radical right-wing extremists? Well, if you forgot, listen and watch this. These extreme views aren't new. Uh, they have existed within the military for a while. Is Austin the right person to handle rooting out extremism for the, from the military? You don't, you don't, he absolutely is. He does have a unique understanding of the challenge that we found, challenges that we face here. I think this is a major problem. This is something that the military, that Congress, uh, that everyone in positions of power need to be looking at and investigating and taking very seriously. According to Nikki Wentling of the MilitaryTimes.com, a study finds that troops do not have an extremism problem. Service members don't participate in violent extremism at higher rates than the rest of the U.S. population, but former troops do, and their involvement is growing, according to research published at the end of December. But according to the report, which was commissioned by the Defense Department, anecdotal accounts of service members being involved in violent extremism create a false impression that it's an outsized problem. Those accounts often fail to differentiate between current service members and former troops, a demographic found to participate in violent extremism at a higher rate. The review found no evidence that the number of violent extremists in the military is disproportionate to the number of violent extremists in the United States as a whole. See, this is what the Biden administration is all about. Absent of policy, absent of ideas, and really absent of successes to tout, this is all the Biden administration does, and this is helped and enhanced by the media. Basically, this is an exaggerated hoax. Why are Epstein names deemed innocent until proven guilty, yet American patriots are deemed guilty until proven not guilty? And the same double standard would apply to those in the criminal justice system. And why is nobody talking about the results of either of these studies? Well, because they found hardly nothing. But if they found what they claimed, well, then it would be wall-to-wall headline news coverage. The Biden administration doing what they best do best last Friday in Bluebell and yesterday in Charleston, South Carolina. Democracy, dictatorship, racism, white supremacy, pander, lie, and divide America on the fear of other people that don't look like you or even don't think like you. It's back to basics. We go with Joe, and that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. Yeah, there's no doubt they're running the same playbook back in 2024. If you have thoughts and reactions, you can jump in 855 839 1210. The phone number 855 839 1210 at 1210WPHT on social media, or, of course, be a part of the show, as many of you love to do in the comment section on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and be a part of the Kalen Company comment community today. We'll come back, get thoughts and reactions to that, as well as Donald Trump and Fannie Willis. I don't know if this is grounds for disbarment or prosecutorial misconduct, but we have drama in Atlanta. We'll get to that as we continue. 
Kale and Company live here on a Tuesday morning. Nick Dawn and Greg on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. As good as the regular season is, there's nothing like NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Six games, three days. For these teams, it's win or go home. Uh, I'm on the yeah, Philadelphia Eagles on uh, Monday night against Tampa at minus two and a half. Fandle and Fandle Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sportsbook. If you want to follow my picks, go to Fandle right now. Fandle.com slash Greg. Fandle.com slash Greg, where new customers can get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. FanDuel.com slash Greg to sign up. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210WPHT. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over, President PA. First online run money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Thought it was very comical watching Joe yesterday in Charleston, South Carolina. I mean, I'm telling you what. You know, the, one of the, the abilities, and, and you can say this is a strength of his, or you can spot it a mile away and call him out for the fraud that he is, but I've never seen a guy that can be a chameleon like this guy. One day, it's, you know, I was raised in the Jewish church, the black church, uh, the Puerto Rican community. Corn Pop was a bad dude. He's Scranton. He's Irish. He's this. He's that. Uh, he's Delaware. You know, he was a football player. He, no matter what crowd you put Joe Biden in front of, he will, no matter how many times even mainstream media has debunked his stories or his exaggerations or his falsehoods and lies, he continues to roll them out. He really is um, one of those guys who's married to a playbook, so to speak, and he just doesn't ditch the playbook. And I think this time around, and, and you've heard uh, that Michelle Obama is terrified that Trump could win this time around. Uh, Barack Obama also saying something to the effect yesterday, or excuse me, it wasn't Obama, it was a former senior advisor to Obama, saying basically that Joe is running Barack's playbook for a third time now, and he's not sure that it's going to work this time around based on the failures of the economy and some of the hyperbole and the exaggerations that he throws out there with white supremacy, racism, democracy and dictatorship they don't know that it's going to work this time around but if you had any questions going into last thursday what joe's campaign would look like in 24 i think we've seen it now the last two days we saw it friday in bluebell we saw it yesterday in charleston it's democracy dictatorship it's white supremacy and racism and then the fifth one of course is abortion which will be uh, kamala's little pet project to work on for the final year of this campaign. So I wasn't surprised by any of it yesterday, but it's just, it's such a desperate attempt that I think this time around, and I'm not saying that Joe won't win and that he uh, is bound to lose, but I I think there are less and less people this time around that are going to take the bait on what Joe is selling. It still might be enough to win, but I do think like the the black community, 24% leaving on Joe, I think there's some truth to that so far. So, yeah, it was we talked yesterday and you pointed out, you know, about hope 
thinking about a president that a presidential candidate or any candidate, usually they have something positive to sell. Now, obviously, it was a horrif- you know, it was a horrifying, you know, commemorance um, for this this nut job who who's welcomed into a black church and carries out this shoot. You know, it was a, it was a horrible crime. Oh, of course, and was widely condemned. And so, to, there was part of me that just said, "Wow, you know, this was a a powerful moment. This is a community grieving." And the speech was from a writer's standpoint. The way that they weaved through the grief, the pain, the issue of white supremacy, and then there was this line about, you know, essentially alluding to Trump or MAGA or Republicans, however you want to look at that, that there is no hope and no choices. And I thought, wow, you know, are are people really going to buy this that this nut job whose name i'm not going to say mm-hmm. would go into a church full of beautiful people and souls and open fire and and really that's what that's what you think of your fellow americans a third or a half of the country yeah. really yeah and so that is so divisive and disturbing to me yep um, it's the complete opposite geez. of what he claimed he would yeah. do he was going to be the great uniter he was going to bring america back together after 2020 he's done the complete opposite and there's times where he does differentiate where he says oh i do have friends and colleagues that i like and respect within the republican party uh but i'm referring to the maga section or the maga wing now it's just i mean it's basically you're either with joe biden or you are a right-wing racist supremacist who believes in up the upheaval of democracy and you want to vote for a dictator like there's no middle ground with joe biden right now you either riding you're either as they say you're either riding with biden or you're you're part of the problem and that's kind of the message that he has uh delivered the first two days so um if you if you had any questions, you got your answers. Well, it was so nauseating about yesterday's speech too in Charleston, South Carolina, and the church was just the pandering. And 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 it's you're right. I hope people can I hope people can see right through it. But I I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's it's a you know the one thing I've noticed about Biden, and I said this yesterday about his Valley Forge speech, and I say that in quotations because it was actually in um, Bluebell. Um, but but when when he wants to turn it on, he does. Yes, and he he's there's something I don't know. Maybe it's the the start of the new year, knowing that it's an election year. But the last couple of speeches that he's given. Um, it's it's a different Joe. By his standards, they are yes. elevated. So I, you know, I don't know if that reset button has been hit because it's 2024. But there's something different about him. He's going, he's going after Trump a lot more. Um, he's really kind of hammering home the democracy issue and the racism issue and all mm-hmm. that other nonsense. So I, you know, I don't know if if, if this is just a preview of what's going to come because i know it's i know it's an election year but we're in january so what like where yeah how's it going to be six months from now you know and, and you talk about the messaging well it's you know he's just attacking trump he's just attacking trump 
And we've talked when we've broken down that these Republican GOP primaries, well, where does so-and-so stand on this issue? Uh, even when we've talked about RFK Jr., like, okay, we know that you're, we know your stance on vaccines, we know you were denied Secret Service access and protection, and we know that you've been silenced and canceled and suppressed, but what are your thoughts on how you're going to fix the economy? the crime issue, the border. And then we've applied those same things to the Republicans. You know, okay, Chris Christie, he just wants to go after Trump and be the bully. And we've kind of figured out what everybody's little path and lane is. Well, what, where's Joe's messaging in an election year on how he's, quote, going to continue to fix the economy? And what is, where's his message at the southern border? Where's his message on crime? Right now, uh, nine days into an election year, in the calendar year of 2024, it's just attacking Trump and throwing out words like democracy, dictatorship, dictatorship, white supremacy, and racism. So, you know, if we're looking for substance and we're, if we're fair about it, we've called out Republicans for, you know, focusing too much on Trump or focusing too much on stuff that really doesn't matter, uh, you know, going after Hunter Biden and things like that. Where's Joe's message to actually fix the kitchen table issues in America right now? I, I would love to see where that well, is and when that comes rolling out. Well, I mean, he's he's the incumbent president, so he's not going to say we need to fix this because it's under his watch that it happened. Sure. You know what I mean? So the only thing he can do is talk about democracy and this, that, and the other because he has nothing, because he can't say, well, the economy is uh, is great and I'm going to keep it great. Like, well, it's just, that's not that's not how you run a campaign. No, I get that. He tweeted, though, I want to see if I can pull this up. Um, this was uh, yesterday, I believe, or might have been two days ago, where he says, um, to talking about the economy, here it is. This was uh, 11.30 a.m. on Sunday, the 7th. He tweeted, I know that some prices are still too high for too many. I am doing everything in my power to lower costs from energy bills and medicine to addressing hidden junk fee companies that try to rip you off. I won't stop fighting for American workers and American families. But I tell you what, he's infatuated with the junk fee thing, isn't he? Of all the things that you can fix economically in this country to save people some money. Well, that does unite us. Because <laughs> junk, <laughs> junk, fee, junk, junk fees are terrible. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, you're talking about gas prices, grocery prices, the cost of heating and cooling your home, on down the list. And like junk fees is the second or third thing i mentioned there in his efforts to help make americans feel less of a pinch uh every week when they get their paycheck so uh just a fascinating conversation with joe uh robert schwartz on the youtube chat says but nobody's buying it and six months from now people will be fed up with it more than they are now i i disagree with that i i, I disagree with that i think that he is he knows exactly what he's doing and he's hitting all the right bullet points and he has kind of not done that over the last couple of years and i think right now he is hammering home the democracy in danger issue uh we have a lot of focus on january 6th um they're gonna make abortion front and center and if you don't think that that pulls at heartstrings and that affects people you are you are 100 percent mistaken yeah 855-839-1210 if you want to jump in i want to say one thing too about it. i was going to do this in the cut sheet uh phil if you can grab cut 10 here um, he said this in the church yesterday since we're on um, his speech in the church. He he loves to talk about this the, these stories about how, you know, back in his day, 
white guys' homes are valued more than black guys' homes on the other side of the highway with the same builder and all that stuff. He, he said that yesterday. This is cut 10, Phil Go. So a home owned by today, a home owned by a black family on one side of a highway, built by the same builder on the other side of the highway, and a white guy living in it, the white guy's home is valued more than the black guy's. No, I, I know you know it. But guess what? That's how you build generational wealth. I mean, that's just, that's just, cate- when you appraise a home, yeah. you're like, well, we're, we're, we have to make this house uh, 10% less because a black family lives here. Right. Uh, that, does that even factor into, that doesn't even factor into the equation in this day and age, right? No. Like you go to, I don't know, pick whatever community you live in, <laughs> in the greater Philadelphia listening area that we're in. <laughs> yeah. Like you look at, okay, square footage, how many bedrooms, how many baths, updated kitchen, uh, you know, basement, yard, fence, the whole bit. You assess it. Okay. This home is uh, worth 525000 Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. It's owned by a black person. It's a uh, five. Five hundred and three thousand. <laughs> you think, gotta take twenty two grand off. You think Zillow uh, uh, yes, goes Zillow. by and, and says <laughs> in in my neighborhood, there's people all built by the same builder in the sixties. The the people across the street from me, a wonderful African American couple, their house is worth more than mine. You know why? Because it's bigger, <laughs> and they've upgraded and renovated. <laughs> And they so like put an it's, add-on. Just, it's just a ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous comparison. I know. And 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 that is the reason I wanted to highlight that was because it's just the it's just the epitome of pandering. Yes, you're in a black church and be, and be like, does. see that you know, there's injustice and inequity everywhere, and yeah. only I can help you. And it's just uh, uh, mm-hmm. nonsense. It really is. All right, coming up next, Donald Trump in the news yet again, and it just goes to show you and highlight just how much of a vendetta some of these people in the justice system have for Donald J. Trump. We will delve into the latest allegations with Fanny the Fraud. That's coming up next on Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Welcome back in live here on a Tuesday morning. Nick Don and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. What's on the cut sheet? That's coming up one hour from now. Also, coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, Dawn will kick off hour number two with some news. Uh, Howard Stern in the news. Also, some very, very wealthy people with predictions about Joe Biden coming up for the remainder of 2024. Also, some very interesting stuff that that just came out yesterday um, when it comes to the top 100 broadcasts of the 2023 calendar year, and just how many were actually news and talk and political um, content. And that number has been declining the last couple of years. We'll get to those details and what that means. Also, Political Watchdog has laid out the amount and the ratio of late-night TV jokes that are aimed at conservatives. Surprise, surprise, it's a very high percentage. Uh, We will give you the details uh, of all of the unfunny late-night shows and their attempts at humor at the expense of conservatives. That's coming up. Um, but we need to call out Fanny the Fraud here um, because this bombshell comes down. I think this is around dinner time last night, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the evening. And I'm not sure if this rises to the level of prosecutorial misconduct. I don't know if this jeopardizes uh, the integrity of the case. I don't know if this is criminal. I don't know if this can lead to her being disbarred from the Bar Association in Georgia. 
But Fannie Willis, the prosecutor in Fulton County, has now been accused of hiring a man that she was in a romantic relationship with to prosecute Donald Trump and play a prominent role in the election interference case, a bombshell court document claims. So Trump co-defendant Michael Roman included these charges in his filing that Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis is accused of hiring a private lawyer that she was having adult relations with to prosecute Donald Trump. The bombshell allegations are included in a filing by Michael Roman, who is a former Trump campaign official who is accused of taking part in the fake elector scheme in Georgia. The public court filing, which seeks the dismissal of charges against him, alleges that Willis was in a personal relationship with private attorney Nathan Wade, who was paid more than $600,000 as a special prosecutor assisting her office's probe of Trump's election overturn effort. Now, the filing doesn't provide documentary proof of the allegations, but it states that sources close to both the special prosecutor and the district attorney have confirmed that they had an ongoing personal relationship. A Donald Trump co-defendant accuses Fannie Willis of engaging in this personal relationship with an outside prosecutor who was hired with county funds. Um, Don, we have seen this and we have heard this now many times where um, some of these elected officials like prosecutors or judges ran in their election efforts in part on bringing down Donald Trump. We've we've remember. I mean, we don't even talk about it anymore. But, you know, the first case that happened back in the early spring of last year was Alvin Bragg. We played you his clips. We've also played you others that have basically campaigned. I, I want to say it was on like the Breakfast Club show or maybe <laughs> Charlemagne the God show where like, oh, yeah, we're going to get Trump. And this was back in like 2020 or 2021. And now you just start to see this is just another nugget in the little cabinet of if you're storing things where you say this doesn't seem to be a fair and objective rule of law uh, prosecution. It seems like everybody has a skin in the game and something at stake here. And many people have said that Fannie Wills, remember we played you those clips of those people outside of Fulton County. I think they were actually black supporters for Trump yes. saying that Fannie was a bit of a fraud. Yes. And that one guy used to, who apparently ran for Senate in New York years and years ago, black guy that was out there supporting uh, Trump said that Fannie Willis is, um, well, he had some choice words for her. It's like, you know what? A lot of this stuff, well, it's just what, apparently there's a lot of truth to this type of stuff, and you're spending well over six figures of government money that you're having a relationship with, so you can't say you're impartial and you're just following the facts and the rule of law here. This one really stinks to high hell, I got to tell you. Yeah, it does, and when you, you know, to your point, and the one in Georgia is such a complex case, and so you have how many different defendants in that one? And and that's just one of many cases across the country. Even this week before the Iowa caucus, so if you count the civil trial, which is technically out of the caucus because it's next Tuesday, with um, and that's the New York civil case. Yep. You know, or excuse me, that's with the um, the E.G. Carroll case. There are actually three if you counted Tuesday in within less than a week. I mean, it just feels like they're constantly trying to throw you know, rocks and boulders at this guy. And I just don't know. 
I don't know any business person, quite frankly, who would ever look at this whole thing and think, well, I think I'm going to run for president. Right. You know, you can't say, look at every elected official and every politician who who's become president. They all become rich. There's evidence, in fact, that Trump lost money. I know Ivanka and Jared have have had some sweet business deals. He's lost a good portion of his net worth. But Trump yeah. has lost a good portion of his net worth. Right. I mean, so it really, he had like a really good life. And I, you have to wonder, some people talk about Melania, and I know her mom is ailing and very ill and has been for weeks. But you have to wonder at some point, you're you're with your, you know, you're with your wife, you're with your husband, and you go, man, what were we thinking? Was it really worth it? And, right? Yeah, right? Because it's... I don't believe, I honest to God don't believe any of these are going anywhere. I don't. I, no matter what the result is, like two years from now, these, all of these things are going to go away. And much like, you know what it reminds me of locally? Kurt Weldon. Okay. Kurt Weldon was one of the most powerful Republican Delaware County congressmen right before a key election. The feds moved in, raided, accused him of all kinds of crazy Russia. I mean, all this crazy stuff. Never was charged. Took him down. Took down his daughter who had just graduated college and pretty much ruined her life. Never a charge. Mm -hmm. It went on for years. This reminds me, the the case of Weldon reminds me of what's happening here. And I know that the the problem is they look and they go, well, he should have, you know, they give just enough that people bite. And so the question is, it's that old saying that, and there are famous sayings about this, you know, you could drive down a street and if, and if you wanted to target somebody, could you find something Mm -hmm. that you could charge them? Could you prove it? Maybe not. Right. That's what I I do at some point. This is so overwhelming. And to your point about Fanny or Fanny or whatever her name is, however you pronounce it, Fanny Willis, it just feels like it. It's this persecution that's not that is so coordinated. And that's the real question here: mm-hmm. Are they all talking amongst themselves? All these different individuals. Well, remember we we laid out the timeline in the spring. I mean, every time there was something bad about Biden, the next indictment would drop. And it was three or four indictments in a row where when you looked at the date of the indictment that it was announced, it was either the day after something was bad for the Biden administration or the Biden family itself, or it was the first business day because there was one that something dropped on a Friday and then it came out on Monday. And you just looked at it and you're like, are all of these different offices, and let's just call them all under the DOJ, Just and I know there are, some are local municipalities and some are district attorneys, some are federal prosecutors, but you just have to wonder. It's like, did they all get together on a Zoom and just say, hey, here's the way we're going to go. We're going to start with low-key Alvin Bragg, and then we're going to work our way up to classified documents, to Atlanta, to Washington, D.C. And it, it even if you just, and I know, like, Trump is so polarizing that it's hard to be objective when it comes to Trump. Nobody ever is out there like with no opinion on Donald Trump. You're either in one camp or the other. But anybody can object. Like Jonathan Turley's, I think, a great guy to, to kind of follow with all of this. I mean, he's not a Trump supporter. He's not a Trump fan by any stretch. And he has laid out just the weakness behind all of these cases. Where, to your point, you're right. Is there a little shred of something there? Sure. 
But then you try to go to the umpteenth degree and try testing all these untested legal theories. And it's almost like, are these prosecutors and judges and district attorneys, are they all willing to kind of throw away their professional integrity and their careers to make a name for themselves on on a lit, like on a little, oh. a little, like small little beacon of, oh, well, you might be, uh, you're probably not going to get him for it, but there's just a little shred of it. But I think to your point, they know that they will be rewarded. And what, whatever they. Oh, they're praised <clears throat> in the media. Right. Well, but I mean, monetary, the, they'll be taken care of. All of these people will be taken care of. They'll get these cush jobs and cush positions and, and they'll be hooked up. And, and so I absolutely believe that. And that's actually a great follow-up to follow these individuals who are like Alvin Bragg. What a freaking idiot. Yeah. This guy's an idiot. Yeah. He tried to, the whole bootstrapping with the uh, yeah. statute of limitations expired. It's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. But watch. He will be rewarded. Yeah. And, and all of these people will be. And we have to be smarter than that. And the bottom line is if they can do this to the president, somebody who was president of the United States of America, if they could do this to a congressman right before an election, right, then they can do it to anybody. Well, and Trump has said that. If they can do that to yep. me, they can do that to you. And it's not just a precedent that they're setting to, to, to you, whoever you is out there. What they're saying is we don't want any other billionaires or multimillionaires with political aspirations coming into our little venue, our little playground, especially if you are trying to, quote, drain the swamp or you're a Republican. Now, they, they'll probably welcome somebody in that's a D that wants to play by the rules and stick to the, you know, what you're supposed to do in Washington and what you're, you know, what's taboo to do. And Trump does everything that's taboo. So he's been he's been made, you know, really what they've made him and without killing him is they've made him a martyr in many ways. I think a lot of people are viewing him that way as they go, you know, all these days go by where it's like it becomes more and more obvious. So if you guys have thoughts, you can jump in. 855-839-1210 is the phone number. After four years, it finally happened. The details coming up after Dawn's News. Hour 2, Kale and Company, next on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, and the free Odyssey app.